Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome out to this week's episode of the Dual Threat Podcast. We are excited to be coming talking to you. We're going to be talking a little bit about Zach Wilson today, Scott. Oh, are we? We're starting off hot, huh? I, I think we'll talk about some Zach Wilson. We'll talk a little bit about summer summer league and the NBA in general, and even give some of our British Open picks. But Scooter, how are you feeling this week? Before we get started, give us a detail. What's going on in your life? How are you feeling? Are you on a on Are you on a high? Are you in the bottom of the wave? What are you feeling right now? Well. You know, we're in, we're just in the dog days and at least when it comes to sports. So in that regard, it's been good to branch out in my life and become a more well-rounded person, you know, somewhat. Um, So that I've been uh, watching a few movies every once in a while, Um, getting out on the golf course, which is good. Been, been swamped at work as well. So, you know, I'm not, wouldn't say I'm riding a high. But I'm not in, quite in the dumps. Okay. What about you? I, well, we did say it was grit week. I, I think some, oh. or grit month. We knew it was grit month is July, right? It's grit season, honestly. It's just full, full on. I mean, in the last few years, need I remind our listeners, there was like NBA playoffs that were going on during these months. Yeah, absolutely insane. And it was awesome having the NBA playoffs because we didn't have like a lull in sports where... Right now, we're kind of at that lull where people are turning to pickleball, maybe, to watch on sports on Sunday. I don't know what people are doing. Over July 4th, we were watching the Cornhole Championships. <laughs> I mean, we watched Joey Chestnut go at it, but also Cornhole. You know what I have been doing? I've become, a, I've become quite the trivia nut recently. And uh, Barstool Sports has their own, like, trivia show that they, that they do. They've recorded, like, hundreds of episodes and i've just been eating those up man i've just been like literally just absorbing all of it i just i've always been a trivia guy like gills are just like born trivia people but this i've just been just constantly absorbing content and it's been great so i i I, it makes me want to it makes me want to do a trivia type show on on our show we should do that we should do that but before we do that why don't you give us a little fact of trivia maybe a little lesser known trivia or like the top trivia off your head right now oh my gosh dude putting you on the spot here i i've probably seen like there's there's a dozen questions per episode i've probably seen like 50 episodes now at this point so just way too many way too many questions that i'm thinking about who one of the last ones is like who is the who are the two teams in college football that have um, two of the top 10 rushing leaders um, in all, in all of college football history? Oh, that's a hard one. Yeah. It's there's different, there's 12 different subjects. So this is just, this was one of the last questions I, I Cause his rushing leaders based off rushing yards or rushing, touchdowns, rushing yards. Oh man, this has got to be hard. Cause was it Emmett Smith that has the rushing yards record in college? I'm trying to think of who had it in college. I'm trying to remember. I watched something about this guy the other day. Was it he, Barry Sanders? He came back his senior year and won the rushing yards record, and and it had to be in the mid '90s, early '90s. So pr- probably wasn't here? Emmett Smith. Oh uh, wow, it's Donnell Pumphrey. Oh no, maybe that's not him then. Maybe I got the wrong guy. 
Yeah, Donnell Pumphrey. Who's number two on that list? Ron Dane from Wisconsin. Okay, maybe it was Ron Dane. Maybe it was yep. Ron Dane that I saw this thing on. Yep. So, so Wisconsin's so got to have Wisconsin's got to yeah. have two guys. Can you name the other guy? Um, Jonathan Bell. Close. Something he's, Bell. He's in the league right now. It's not Jonathan Taylor. He is number five on the all-time rushing yard list. Wow. With 6,000 yards in 40 games. I think he had about 4,500 of those when he came to Lavelle Edwards Stadium <laughs> for BYU, so that was good. Um, you, you legit, I think, had 400 yards that game. Um, yeah, so Wisconsin's one of them. Can you name the other one? Top can, of your head. can you give me a hint? Is it a Power 5 conference? It team? is a Power 5 conference. I would guess. They're known for their running backs, so they've got a stable. It, so it's Alabama? Uh, close. Not Alabama, Georgia? Not Georgia. I'll give you one more guess. Um, can I get one more hint? What, can I phone a friend? You, phone, you, can phone, you can phone me, and I'll give you a hint that... Uh, Is it a North or South team? One, one of the players played for the Miami Dolphins. Oh, that doesn't help. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, okay. Oh man, Reggie Bush, USC. I don't know. Oh, another good guess. It, it's Texas. They have Ricky Williams. He's number three. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then Cedric Benson somehow is number ten. Cedric Benson, the guy that got drafted by the Browns in like mid two thousand sometime. Yep. He. I. I didn't realize he passed away in August twenty nineteen as well whoa yeah whoa okay so we have ron dane as the number two i <laughs> i can't remember the guy who is number one and then Ricky Pumphrey from san diego state oh yeah those san diego state guys just rack up the yards huh which i think they also had marshall fault that was a that was one of the t- anyway like i That's like a good trivia the college basketball ones i just sit in my living room just like yelling the answers at the tv and Usually they have to phone a friend and I just wish they would phone a friend with me, but it's it. Anyway, I think I'll have to do some sort of trivia. I don't know how I would set the questions up. Maybe we would have a, like one of our wives read them or something for us. Have a little trivia battle. Yeah. We'll have to do a little trivia night. I know we're, we're getting together here sometime soon this month. And so maybe yeah. we'll do a little trivia night all together. We'll figure it out. We'll maybe. get going. Maybe. Good. That's a hot start. Let's well, that bring... was talking college football. <laughs> I was talking college football. That was talking trivia. Let's get on to what we really are. We are not a sports podcast anymore. We are a gossip oh. podcast. Yes, the hot are... goss. Hot goss, drama. We are everything that, that has to do with that. And yeah. our boy is right in the middle of it. Zach Wilson, the yes. local guy. Tell mm. us a little bit about what's going on. I'm sure everybody already knows here, Scooter. Yeah, all of our listeners probably already know that that uh, New York Jets quarterback was Zach Wilson was uh, in a little bit of a, well, we don't want to say scandal. It's not really a scandal, is it? It's just more of a. No, it's not gossip right now. Yeah. Accusation. Yeah. More of he was accused of, of, of um, some general conduct that, you know, I necessarily wouldn't partake in, but you know, that's <laughs> fine. I guess it's, it's his choice. It's his world, but. Uh, may, may have been in a relationship with his mom's best friend. We don't really know. That's the word on the street. I think the, the bigger news on the street to me is that his ex-girlfriend is now dating his former best friend, 
Dax Milne, which supposedly, according to sources I have, think, thinking, thankfully my wife knows this. Um, so you heard it here first on, on Dual Threat Podcast. Zach Wilson, Dax Milne, both in Utah right now, working out at the BYU facilities, but they both work out at different times at the facilities so as not to run into each other and spark even more drama and uh, fuss all over the place. So, well, basically all I know is the, the Bachelor should just come to Provo and, and put these guys in the middle of some sort of reality TV show. <laughs> well, it, it's kind of crazy because this whole thing with Zach Wilson started because his ex-girlfriend made a comment and then everybody started getting hop, hopped up on it. One thing yeah. that I think is crazy, I didn't know Zach was actually in Utah. I know he was just recently in Idaho with a lot of his wide receivers and tight ends yep. um, doing like a training up there. So yep. pretty interesting that him and Dax Millen, former roommates, like best friends since high school are now beefing it out just because they're on different teams in the NFL. They can't be giving each other any insight, huh? I I mean, I guess I, I have no idea what to think of it other than um of course it was like this was the worst time for this to to happen when there's literally not a single other headline i mean we've been off for about two weeks and this has definitely been the biggest thing in our world for good reason but then like the next day all of the biggest media outlets i know had picked up colin coward was talking about it i'm pretty sure freaking um dan patrick was talking about it oh yeah Like, like just just you know Maybe what some people here would say, not necessarily the type of, of media hype you would want to be caught in. All I know is all the New York Jets fans I saw were like, all right, he's officially QB1. We used to have a guy who <laughs> got got famous for um, getting mono, and now we have our, our new quarterback, um, a bit of a dog, maybe a bit of a cougar, you could say. He he has taken on that full BYU cougar name, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. uh, I think he's the new new time Joe Namath too, you know, always in the, he's always in the headlines. I feel like even before this whole thing happened, it was, wow, Zach Wilson's put on 30 pounds of muscle. He is just looking incredible out there. Yep. I guess that comes with being in New York, right? He'll, he'll always be in the headlines, but yep. good for Zach. He's making some money being in the headlines. That's all I have to say. People forget he took two girls to prom in high school at the same time. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's been that guy i guess you know he's been that guy he's always been that guy yeah well that's us talking gossip we are we are officially a gossip <laughs> podcast now aren't yeah. we we got yeah let's let's expand our genre for sure it's it's definitely beyond just sports talk sports gossip is what we're all about <laughs> well you have more honestly later on in the show so we really might be we really might be. Well, let's let's talk a little bit. Let's move away from Zach and talk a little bit about things that are actually going on that are actually real 100%. Summer League's going on, Scooter. Why don't you kind of dive us through the Summer League? What you're kind of feeling? Uh, you've obviously seen a lot of these guys in college, and it would be kind of cool to hear some of your thoughts on the top three and kind of what these guys have done and how some of their games have transitioned to the NBA. Well, I don't have many thoughts because I've caught about two games because the, the games I have have just been absolute just nightmares of basketball. I mean, you might as well just go watch Rucker Park basketball, random guys. But 
it's probably just as good honestly it's probably just as team oriented as well which you know (laughs) it makes sense like the guys got to get their own if they want to make the team but where where my where i wanted to bring this up is chet holmgren had had this one game right where he had he set the summer league record for blocks and all of a sudden it was like what were like what was anybody thinking why would anybody pick paulo and then we see paulo have this amazing game so it's just like this carousel of opinions and and topics and it's like do you want me to list off the summer league mvps for you i i think i can name a couple okay let's Let- let's let's hear some that you that you remember i think damian lillard won it and he was a co-mvp with josh selby right hey you legend josh selby yes you, you loved josh selby i'm trying to think yeah. of others um that was one that i remember for some reason yeah oh yeah baby <laughs> we uh, must have been hot in the streets on the summer league game back then there was another person or or two people who were co-mvps just recently like within the last two or three years last year there was a co-mvp okay i can't remember who it was because davion mitchell and cam thomas oh, okay so so here's here's the list. I'm gonna run through these really quick. 06, Randy Foy, 07, Nate Robinson, 08, Jared Bayless. Here's where it gets good. You got a stretch of three straight years where you got great players. Blake Griffin, John Wall, Damian Lillard. So like perennial all-stars, like yeah. incredible players, makes sense. We got Jonas Valanciunas next year. Another, another good player. Then it just like drops off a cliff. You got Glenn Rice Jr. 2014. You got Kyle Anderson 2015. You got Tyus Jones 2016. You got Alonzo Ball. Eh, pretty good. 2017. Then Josh Hart, Brandon Clark. And then in this last year. But it's like, why are we putting so much stock into who the best player in some of Like, Chet Holmgren is going to be a good player because he's just got, he's got great instincts. And he's, he's just uh, like, literally, we've never seen a Gumby person like him play basketball it's not going to be because how many blocks he gets in summer league also i need to shut people up about jamari smith because apparently he was a terrible pick now that he played one game and it looked like he can't dribble it's almost like like he's 19 years old like he's going to be able to figure it out guys guys can improve even when they're 22 like it's almost like you don't take seniors in college out of college because they think like they've hit their ceiling of development Steph Curry didn't like hit his stride until he was like 26. I exactly. So why do we act? Why do so many people in media act like these guys? Like if they're if they're senior and they they only have like this certain set of skills, that's all they'll have. So anyway, that's my soapbox of of summer league. I don't know where you stand on Jalen If if this has like improved your view of him, um, but I'm definitely just still trying to throw everything I see out. I, I think it has sort of improved my view. I kind of wondered if he would be able to, I, I have some questions about Chet Holmgren, definitely the size because he's not able to box out against bigger guys. Like we saw against Kenny Lofton. He wasn't able to box out. Oh, Kenny Lofton was bodying him. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's huge for Chet Holmgren on the defensive side. If he's able to box out and get a rebound and take the ball up, like yep. that's huge for a team. And yep. so if he's not able to do that against guys like Giannis, Giannis Valanciunas, Steven Adams, even like that's going to be hard on him, but it has improved 
I, I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to come into the league and do kind of dribbles and shooting like he has. And, yeah. and it, he's impressed me well enough. Yes, it's a summer league. Yes, the summer league all depends on who's the hardest working player, who's going to try the hardest and who gets minutes doing that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I personally see his ceiling. Let me, let me think about this real quick. I think mm. his ceiling is the highest of the top three. And I think we've said that, right? Like he, maybe Paolo has the lowest floor, but I think Chet's potential ceiling in a league that loves stretch uh, five players, a guy that can stretch the floor and can also be a defensive anchor, that could be huge. So I think his ceiling is the highest of the top three, but I also think his floor could be the lowest. Like what if he gets bodied too many times by these bigger NBA players and isn't able to handle himself? What if he gets injured really easily, which who knows? I don't know what his history record will be like come 10 years. So that's my biggest concerns about him is how will he play against guys that are big, like even Gobert, Gobert put on like 40 pounds since he came into the league, right? Of just pure muscle. I don't know if Chet will have that ability. Here's the thing with ceilings though, is it's like, I think Holmgren gets this label as like highest ceiling because we don't know all the things he can do yet. Like yeah. we just say, all right, he, he's tall and skinny. So he'll be able to block shots and once he puts on some weight, maybe he'll be able to back people down. And we know he can do the other stuff like shoot and, and um, essentially sort of dribble, sort of take the ball off. Why can't that be Paulo as well? Like even as a guy, I'm not even a, like a pronounced Paulo um, lover by any means. But at the same time, like Paulo's built like LeBron. And if you're going to compare anybody like in terms of ceilings, like what they could actually be, LeBron's pretty much the limit of what a ceiling could be. So I don't know why Paulo has that. I've seen stuff about the defense. It's not like LeBron was good at defense, really, at, at 18, 19 years old. Yeah, like he had like lot. two or three years where he was good at defense, right? Yeah, he tried. Yeah, he tried essentially for, for one or two over the course of his career. So I just don't know why. I mean, ceiling talk is so arbitrary to me. Like Jabari Smith could turn out to be a better defender than, than both of these guys. Oh, yeah. I think like like from an outside lens like we just say like these these guys that we don't know their their skill set yet completely because their body is so strange whether it be like Giannis or anything we just claim their ceiling is crazy but like the guys who are really good at basketball already which Chet Holmgren actually is as well like he has tons of skill he wasn't just drafted on potential um it, it like it's if Chet Holmgren was like 250 pounds no one would be talking about like him being a bust at all. Like he yeah. would be, a, he would be a, just a dominant, but he would at least be a starter um, no matter what. But anyway, that's my, that's my opinion on it. Yeah. I think the ceiling talk is kind of interesting because who am I to say that Chet Holmgren has the best skill set? Like, like you said, oh, yeah. Paolo could have a better skill set. I'm just saying for where the league's going, I think he has the highest in my mind, he has the highest potential to be, uh, a star because of the skill set that he possesses both defensively and offensively so that's and that's just potential skill set at this point too right yeah. like we haven't seen them play against these all-star players like that's the hardest thing 
Yep. So, and at the end of the day, Houston Rockets fans, step off the ledge. Jabari Smith still has a chance to be good, even though he went like two of 12 in his first summer league game. He'll, he could be all right, I think, still. So. Jabari Smith is still my favorite of the three. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> it's all so dumb. Yeah. It stinks that a couple of the other guys got hurt, too, like Jaden Ivey and stuff. And Shaden Sharp, he just seems like he's just never going to play basketball ever. Sad for him, man. Yep. Um, speaking of these other guys, I know we talked about and a lot of the talk at the very beginning after that first game from Chet Holmgren was he's going to be rookie of the year. Mm. Putting you on the spot here, do you who do you think is most likely to be rookie of the year this year? I would say the NBA is going to fall in love with Josh Giddy and Chet Holmgren as the new white versions of Kobe and Shaq. I've seen that thrown out way too many times and so I would say since Holmgren's probably going to get he's probably going to score between like 15 to 20 a game he'll get like seven to ten rebounds a game probably have like two or three blocks game that's enough for probably a rookie of the year and I think the magic are still going to stink so I I could see I I like I think Paulo will put up good stats as well I just think Chet will do more throughout all of like the um what do you call them the peripheral stats or whatever, the other stats, that that will make it so he will get the edge over him. I like that. I I think it is true. A lot of people have been excited about Giddy and Chet Holmgren playing together. I'm excited about Giddy. I've been talking about Giddy for you a have. year. You have. So You've been on this train. I'm I'm not on the Chet Holmgren train yet, but I'm I'm on the I'm on the Josh Giddy train. Don't you worry. Well, I'll, I guess I'll ride the Holmgren train. Although I'm almost kind of rooting against him at this point. Like the cockiness. <laughs> like I would rather be Jaden Ivey still, but I don't have any trust in Detroit ever. So yeah, I think it'll be like the one Pistons game I might catch this year. Maybe a little entertaining because of Cade and Jaden Ivey, but it's an interesting combo. What if yeah. I put? I have two names that aren't really talked about as much as those, you know, big four that are talked about. How about Ben Matherin? Oh, you know, I love Ben Matherin. Yeah. He's an absolute stud. I, I feel like he could be like the guy that like Pacers fans of all Pacers fans, just like that they're a gritty part of the USA. They're going to like a guy who just like, freaking pulls up his shorts gets in gets in uh players heads and like pulls hard on deep like he'll be a, i think he'll be a really good lance stevenson like okay. actually a really good one not just like the agitator that lance stevenson was okay i like that i have two other players actually so yeah. ben matherin was the first one my second one is um oh gosh uh malachi branham okay playing for the spurs just because yeah. You know, the Spurs don't really have a lot of talent on their team right now. Yeah. So Malachi, here's here's my sleeper guy. Okay. Christian Coloco. Oh, love Coloco. Another Arizona guy. Another Arizona guy. The Raptors actually don't have a center on their roster right now. So if Coloco can make it, maybe get some good minutes, maybe yeah. Pascal Siakam helps him out. I don't know. Potential. Yeah. There's small potential there. Well, he's also just like your traditional, he's going to, he's going to be able to rim run and he's going to be able to block shots. So mm-hmm. he's always going to have minutes, especially for a team that doesn't have a center. So yeah. like he'll, he'll play a sort of Clint Capella, skinny Deandre Jordan role and yeah. be really good at it. That's what I'm thinking too. 
I'm glad you're on the same wavelength. I love Coloco. I like Branham. Branham's another one of those guys. For some reason, he get he has like a mid-range game, and he gets labeled. He, the dude's 18 years old, and yet he gets labeled as like our. Oh, we already know what he is. It's like <laughs> you already know the guy who like started scoring like 20 points a game the half of the last half of the college basketball year, and like single-handedly almost beat Villanova in the second round. Like. None of these guys making takes actually watched any college basketball games, so they shouldn't be allowed to, to talk about prospects till they have at least a year in the league. I, I swear. <laughs> Drives me banana land. Listen to you getting fired up over yep. college basketball already. Yep. yep. We're uh, still months away, and I, I already am. Yeah, we're still months. We're still, like, at least 30-something days away from preseason football. We're months away from preseason basketball. It's wild. That's why we're over, we're over here arguing about how Chet Holmgren is the skinny shack. <laughs> I won't argue that. Out, outlandish takes. Yeah, true. <laughs> First name that come, came to mind for me, just the white skinny shack. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I see their <laughs> body types and they look just alike. Yeah. Same, same shooting stroke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I could never even imagine. You should have your like Twitter privileges revoked saying things like that yeah you flag, should flag flag for um what's the uh indecency misleading, yeah misleading content <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly well go oh, god i was gonna say speaking about misleading content do you want to talk yeah. about some of the trade rumors going around the uh, nba right now let's do it why not because at this point we've talked about it the yep. nba is not about on-court performances anymore no, it is all about the drama around the NBA. It is. Adam Silver knows that. We all know that. So let's talk about it. Let's go back to drama. We are a gossip show. We are a drama show right here. People I, forget. People forget. I have a couple of trades. One okay. is a four-team trade. <laughs> Starting off hot. <laughs> do you want to start with the four-team trade? Do you want to start with, or do let's you want to start with the other trade? Let's do the four team. Okay, four team. Yeah. This this is a four team trade with the Utah Jazz, Brooklyn Nets, Phoenix Suns, and Indiana Pacers. This is the potential KD trade. You're hooked already. I I think in order for Kevin Durant to be able to move to Phoenix, it will require multiple teams. They obviously won't be able to just go straight across Phoenix and Brooklyn because... Phoenix doesn't have enough assets that they'd be willing to give up. Like uh, the Nets would want Booker in return. And why would Kevin Durant want to go to Phoenix without Booker? Right. So this makes the most sense to me. So the Indiana Pacers, they're only getting DeAndre Ayton and what they're giving up. uh, They are sending uh, Miles Turner to the Brooklyn Nets. He has a one-year contract left and a first round pick to the Jazz. Oh, okay. I was going to say that's a pretty good return right there. Yeah. So they get a center that they like more than Miles Turner. They haven't liked Miles Turner for the last couple of years. I'm not sure why, but it they is link it up is. Arizona guys, Ben Matherin and DeAndre. Eight. There we go. That's what we like. Oh. So Pacers give up uh, Miles Turner in a first round pick and they get DeAndre Ayton. The Suns, well, I'll come back to the Suns. How about we go to the Brooklyn Nets Hall? The Brooklyn Nets would receive Donovan Mitchell, 
mm. Mikhail Bridges, Miles Turner, like I said, and Jared Butler, just on a one-year expiring contract, basically. Okay. The Jazz would get Ben Simmons, Cam Thomas, and, and Ben Simmons currently, at the moment, has a trade exception where he cannot be traded because of uh, uh, a way he was signed while he was with the 76ers, but that will ex- expire here shortly. Like a no trade clause? Um, it's, it's kind of like when you sign a veteran contract, a certain veteran contract, you can't be traded within the year. Oh, okay. So he will be available to be traded here in the next few days, few weeks. I can't remember the exact timeline. Yeah. But Ben Simmons and Cam Thomas from the Brooklyn Nets would come to the Utah Jazz and the Utah Jazz would get multiple first rounders from the Suns. Um, whether that's two, three, four, I'm not sure, but multiple first rounders from the Suns. Okay. And the Suns would get Kevin Durant and that would put them into the luxury tax, but to have Chris Paul, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, I think they would take that for sure. Yeah. Even, even, I mean, I know a lot of Suns fans, they, the last thing they want to do is give up Mikhail Bridges, but if you're going to hold on to Mikhail Bridges, um, because you don't want to, like, if you're if you're too worried about losing Mikhail Bridges to get Kevin Durant, you're just not going to win a championship. Exactly. So, so this is a move for the Suns to get into championship potential, the Nets to rebuild around a young roster, basically in Mitchell and Bridges, yeah. um, the Pacers to get rid of a center that they don't want, and the Jazz to basically get picks, which is what it looks like they're leaning towards right now, is trying to build for the future. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder if you did a poll on Jazz fans right now and asked them, would you rather have Ben Simmons in this trade or not have Ben Simmons? <laughs> what they would say. <laughs> I know you've been, you've been wanting to get Ben Simmons to the Jazz for a while. And like two years ago, I would have been right there with you. At this point, though, I just I don't know what Ben Simmons is. Like I, I, he, he's like as much of an unknown commodity as Kyrie Irving. And honestly, it might be more, um, we were talking last podcast, how hilarious it would be to get Kyrie Irving. I mean, the, the, the rivalry there already with Ben Simmons and jazz fans is just hilarious. So we should just, that one, that one should happen instead, honestly. Which why are people like rivalried with Ben Simmons? Because he won rookie of the year. Like, is that really that big of a deal? (laughs) No, it's not. And maybe people are over that, but I just remember how toxic it got, which was, was so ridiculous. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. I I think he would be a great fit. He would come in. He would be a building piece around the team. And yeah, I'm sure if we pulled Jazz fans right now, uh, do you want Ben Simmons? No, I'd I'd bet 75% say no at least. But in a Is year, current for, contract right on that on that graphic three for 35 million three years. Um, I think it's I I'll, I'll have to double check his actual contract. I think it's longer than three years. Because I thought he signed a four-year deal. So yeah, I'd I I have mean, to double-check. That would be banana land because Pat Connaughton today just signed like a three-year $30 million deal. So I have to think Ben Simmons has some way more outrageous deal that he got signed to. But like three for 35, why wouldn't you take a stab at that? Yeah, so it's actually 35 mil a year is what no. that is. Oh, so it's not 35 total, it's 35 per year. 
That's where you were missing out on that one. <laughs> Which is better than... Oh, my gosh. $35 million a year, $1 million for every shot he takes during the season. Hey, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it would work. That's, that's just me personally. I think you get yeah. one of the I, best defenders in the league. Maybe I'm not focusing, the best offensive player, but no, I know I'm focusing too much on that, on that uh, the part of the trade. But I, let, <laughs> let's just I, I I'm let's just make Durant to the Suns happen already. You know why not? It's it's about the only way I can see it happening is a four team trade. So yeah, and with Mitchell, be, Mitchell would be able to go to New York. It would be Brooklyn because I, I I looked at some New York trades and I have a New York trade here that I'll I'll talk about. And they just weren't as enticing. They weren't as sexy to me as. The Brooklyn trades. No, there's there's no really combination of assets I think the Jazz could want from the Knicks to make that worth it, really. Um, I also I don't know what Mitchell's preference is between the two New York teams, but playing with Kyrie Irving as his only other superstar, that seems like it's just a disaster. Two guys who can't really defend on ball at all, and one guy who who knows what his future holds. So well, they that would have Mikel Bridges with Donnie at that point too. Not a star, would, but you would have to you would have to guard three guys. But you know, <laughs> I guess he could make it happen. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, why not? Let's make it happen. Why not? Why not? Well, let's talk about the other Donovan Mitchell trade I have here. This is just a straight across trade, a two team trade, mm. nothing wild. So Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. Yes. Uh. In this, I had Quentin Grimes, who has a three-year contract uh, at former Jayhawk. Uh, Obi Toppin, who's obviously a young offensive player that's pretty dang good. And to make the salaries matched up, I brought in Evan Fournier, who has a a pretty lengthy contract and a decently sized contract, $18 for basically a spot-up shooter. Evan Fournier making $18 a year to sit in the corner. That's just what a life. Yeah, um, lie. this would also I, include multiple because yeah. the Knicks obviously have a plethora of picks coming in the next couple of years. You this just would, have to, to throw in like three first rounders or something like that. You know, I think to make it worth it for the Jazz, they would want four first rounders. And yeah. I think that's the only way you're doing this trade. Yeah, because you're really not. I mean, you're ta- you're you're essentially just taking like a they're tossing a penny in the wishing well of hoping Grimes or Obi Toppin become even like starters in the NBA. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, you would definitely, as a Jazz fan, you'd want four picks at least to, to make that worth it. And and the Knicks just don't have. I know that's been the talk around the town. Donovan Mitchell. Now that uh, the Jazz have came out and said they're fielding calls on Donovan Mitchell, it's been. Oh, he's going to New York, but there's no people that the Jazz would want back. Julius Randle, they wouldn't want back. Uh, Derek Rose, they wouldn't want back. RJ Barrett, been, yeah, who was the first game mind that came to me or first name that came to mind for me? And I, I, I'm probably higher on him than other people are, but I just he's think another if, one of those guys that's been written. He's what 21, and he's already yeah. been written off. I would like RJ Barrett. I just don't yeah. think. I think the Knicks higher or value RJ Barrett higher than anybody else in the league does. Probably. I mean, I think we had a conversation about him, like about, wasn't it about him getting the super max or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I wouldn't give him that yet, but I also think like, 
I, I, I would probably rather like RJ Barrett and two first round picks if you could make that work. Yeah, that makes sense. That would so. make sense. I just, I, if I'm the Knicks, I just don't move on from RJ Barrett already just to yeah. get Donovan Mitchell. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's me personally. Yeah. It's me personally. It would make the, the salaries match up pretty easy though. Mm-hmm. How about the last trade okay. before we go to the British or the, the open? Mm. Um, oh, come on, get it right. This is a trade with the Brooklyn Nets. I finally found a trade partner for Kyrie Irving to go somewhere. <laughs> How realistic this is, I'm not sure. But I finally found a trade partner for the Nets, and that is the San Antonio Spurs. They would get Zach Collins and Malachi Branham back and one or two first rounders, depending on what they could what the Nets feel like they could squeeze out of the Spurs. And the Spurs get a guy who's unvaccinated, can play in Texas every single game, oh. uh, can be with Pop for one year at least, oh. yeah. and then maybe give him a max contract, which is what he wants. And so, I don't know. I, I see it maybe benefiting both both sides. I don't know how realistic it is. I don't think Kyrie wants to go to the Spurs. I don't think Pop wants Kyrie Irving in his final season. But <laughs> here I am putting it out here. So... That's all. No, what's great about this is you could convince me this is the best destination of any. And I'd, I'd believe like I, I, there's just there's just literally no other good options even. So this this one, I'm like, sure, why not? I mean, it, like Spurs need some sort of infusion of like talent. The fact that they can trade for a guy who makes 37 million a year and give up like 10 million dollars. Like who who do the Spurs even have that? It makes like over $10 million. They don't even need to trade the two players in order to match up salaries. They could just take on Kyrie Irving's contract oh straight across. Yeah, what? Who's on their team? Just a team full of rookie contracts? Oh man, since they gave away DeJonta Murray, it is very low contract players. I'm trying to think. I think there is a $10 million contract as the highest contracted player. Doug McDermott. Yeah, Doug McDermott is the it's highest the contracted highest- player. At 13 million. Yeah. You know, I really just might not even watch a Spurs game for the next like 10 years. <laughs> if they got Kyrie, maybe people here's, would tune in. <laughs> here's the, the thing. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing that's great. Like the Spurs and the Patriots draw so many parallels. The Patriots, like, are, I, I, I know they're floating and like they're staying relevant. The Spurs were they were like literally the just perennial powerhouse for 20 years. And now it is, they are as much of an afterthought of any NBA team you can have. Yeah. They're in the dumps right now. They're pretty low. Sorry, all our Spurs fans, but they're pretty low. Now, why not just freaking take a lottery ticket on Kyrie at this point? I I freaking would. And it's only a one-year contract. Like if he doesn't work out for you, you move on from him and you have 36 million in cap space the next year. Like, yeah, you, you say, I mean, you say uh, maybe Pop wouldn't want Kyrie Irving on his team. Well, would he want, um, let's look at their guards right now. <laughs> oh, you do not want to read their roster. You do not want to read their roster. Yeah, he, he would probably want, um, let's see, Kelton Johnson. They don't even have Derek White anymore. Oh, no. Nope. They just lost Lonnie Walker, I know. Oh, my goodness. This is just – I mean, I know all these guys from college basketball, but this is like a 
graveyard of names, man. Holy crap. Anyway. Jakob Podol's still there, right? Kieda Bates Diop. Oh, yeah. You're Ohio uh, State and Utah guys. Oh, I'm trying to think of who I can get. <laughs> who else there is? Absolutely an unreal. That's unreal. what I'm saying. Malachi Branham could have 30 points this year, and no one would even know. He really should. He really should just shoot it 30 times a game. So, anyway, let's talk in Spurs, too. That's talking Spurs. That is talking NBA trades. I, I don't think any of them are realistic. Oh, the, the most realistic be. one is the 14 trade, I think. I don't think all the pieces are realistic, but I don't know, man. It is it is a wild time in the NBA. Better this than uh, better going through trade scenarios than just talking about um, if Kevin Durant is going to be traded or not for the thousandth time this offseason. So I appreciate it. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. How about we talk about the British Open now? We'll finish on a big high. We'll talk about the British Open. Um, what are you feeling about this? Have you delved into some statistics behind the British Open? Have you delved into uh, who your favorite player is? What What are you kind of getting on this? You know what? I, I haven't had time for the analytics this week, but, you, but really the analytics, they haven't been helping me recently. So I think I'm going to be a field guy this week i'm gonna be i think i'm gonna go by the eye test what i know what i hold to be true in my heart rather than looking at the numbers um so i've got a couple names here for you i don't know how we want to go through what our uh, predictions are for it but um i'll i'll uh, i'll shoot it straight with you whenever you want okay i i want to say this i saw a guy on tiktok so i don't know how valid this is oh yeah so take this with a grain of salt but the two best players in strokes gained on a link style course mm. were Taylor Gooch okay. and Xander Shoffley. Yeah, those both check out, especially the way Shoffley's playing. Recently. So that's two guys that best best stroked gains players on a putting green, which is very, very crucial on a link style course. It's going to be tight fairways. Uh, a lot of things going on that that really impact putting. So those guys might be on your lineup. I don't know. I wasn't thinking of Shoffley, even though he is getting really hot. I always tend to fade the guys who are uh, are winning a lot, which is just a terrible strategy. So I don't know why. I'm That's what that. I do too. Yeah, I don't know why we do that. It's it's an interesting call. I don't know either. I mean, let's see. Strokes game. You were you were doing strokes game putting. Yeah. Like putts, putts per green and regulation or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll have to de- delve into the analytics a little bit more, but let's see who, who had the best strokes gained putting just last week. Probably oh, Shoffley. Brian Gay. Huh? Oh, well he was, he was out. After, he didn't make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> then how does that work? I don't know. Man, he just must have been horrendous uh, everywhere else in the course. Off yeah, the tee, he was not good. Brendan Todd, Denny McCarthy, Denny's baby. I've made a little, a little bit of cash on Denny's. All right, well, let's go with let's go with our favorite pick, and then uh, dark horses. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Why don't you lead us off with your favorite? Okay, strictly off feel, I gotta go with none other than Cam Smith. Um, I like he, he is just like my my little my go-to every single time for any major. He is always in the hunt. He's probably not gonna win, 
but at the same time he'll be like I, I I just I can almost guarantee he'll be like top 10 and also his game like just fits the style of this of like a Lynx course like I just trust him in this environment I don't remember what he did in the open last year but I remember he's just been very good in every other major regardless okay um did he make the cut at the U.S. Open? No, I don't think he did this. I don't think he played well at the U.S. Open either. But. Okay, so he's coming in hot too. Oh, That's yeah. a good feeling. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. He's I, my guy. I got to roll with him. <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to go with Spieth. So mm-hmm. Spieth had a pretty good week this last week. But. Yeah, you went away with a guy that I thought you'd go with. I narrowed my favorite down to two guys. Okay. Um, and And... I think I'm going to go with a biased opinion here. Okay. I, I had Matt, I had Matt's fit magic as uh, one of the two guys that I had narrowed it down to Fitz magic. He plays a low flighted ball yep. in a place, a, a link style course where it's windy. Uh, yep. You can't, you can't have a lot of errors. He is going to thrive in that position. So Matt Fitzmagic made, made the cut, but didn't win it. It is Johnny Rambo. You got me. You got me right. Yep, I pegged you. I feel like he just shows out in majors. He, like like you said with Cam Smith, he shows out in every major. Every single time I look at the leaderboard, I feel like John Rahm at some point is up in the top five. I don't know if that means he'll win, but if I had to pick a favorite, I'm taking John Rahm. I think he is such a great player. He is long off the tee. Sometimes he's a little bit inaccurate but he is also very composed. He plays golf kind of like a chess match. And so I'm going to go with John Rahm here. All right. Here's, here's for the listeners. Last few finishes at majors this year. John, I'll do John Rahm first and Cam Smith. John Rahm, 12th in the U.S. Open. 48th yeah. in the PGA Championship. Heck yeah. 27th in the Masters. Heck yeah. And in the fifth major, major the players, 55th. So he made the cut every time. Yeah. Cam oh, Smith. Cam Smith, US Open. 98. Good start for me. <laughs> 13th in the PGA Championship, third in the Masters, and first in the players. Hey. Oh, the analytics. See, I need to I need to find what he finished in the the uh the open last year. Well, what about your guy that won the open last year, Colin Morikawa? Yeah, I, I I'm not I almost see that as a fluke and i don't know if it's like just like it just doesn't make sense to me that he would be good at links courses is that like a is that just like a stupid comment from me no because he plays that cut and if it gets a little bit out of control he can very easily get into some deep trouble but if he's in control with it but you have to be in control with it over 72 holes and yep. be on your on your game with everything else over those 72 holes. So I felt like his best chance would have been at like a Masters or a, a different tournament and not the the Open. That it was quite shocking that he won that. Yeah, I I almost remember him running away with it last year and just being so shocked watching him like like all obviously we all know he's good, but we didn't think his game necessarily related to this style of course, but you know, I guess if you're just a good golfer, it doesn't really matter what your style is. Um, but he's definitely not like my pick to defend again, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. What about a top 10 finish for your boy? For Colin? Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, you, you could talk me into that for sure. Okay. Top 20, we could easily talk you in is what you're saying. Top 20, I'm hammering. <laughs> okay. 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 Have, you, have you found Cam- your stats yet? You're there. Yeah. Cam Smith, T33. Last, okay. Uh, last open. So, you know, not 98. But <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Okay. How about your dark horse? So I'll, after you, after I give my dark horse, I'll, I'll start with my dark horse. We'll okay. go with your dark horse. And then I have an amateur that I want to give. He, okay. uh, he actually plays on the PGA tour Mexico. So okay. it'd be exciting to even have that name and just see where he's at towards the end. But my uh, dark horse that I'm going with is Adrian Maronok. Maronk. I don't know how to say his name. He's Polish. So he wow now my dark horse feels like a favorite so (laughs) well here's the thing this is the how would i put this i wouldn't say he's the tiger woods of the world tour Mm. like of the european tour but every single tournament it feels like that i see a leaderboard of the world tour it feels like he is on that he is always going to be in contention when he's playing against the non-PGA players. Yeah. So if I'm going for a dark horse, I'm going for the guy that's the best guy in Europe at this point, playing in Europe. I'm going to go with Adrian Maronk is how I'm going to go with it. Maronk. You gave me a good sleeper then because he's cheap on DraftKings. All right, I'll let you decide whether or not mine is. You know, I always thought of him as one, but he's probably not for this event, and that's why I liked him so much. But that's Tommy Fleetwood. He's just not a sleeper, is he? No, he's a sleeper. Are you kidding me? Okay. Okay, if, yeah, because he's, he's, he's mid-tier. He's mid-tier, definitely, on DraftKings, at least. Hold on. I'm looking up the open odds right now because I want to see where Tommy Fleetwood is because I bet he's not even I've got him right there. now. He's plus 2,800. Oh, yeah, that's a sleeper. Are you kidding me? At the same time, there's 11 golfers up with odds lower than his. Yeah. So probably not. <laughs> So I, yeah, it's it's kind of a sleeper. He's at thirty-five to one on CBS. Um, I'm trying to see if I Mito Pereira's at a hundred to one. You could have said Mito Pereira and convinced me. Yeah, I don't like him enough. Adrian Maronk is at one twenty-five to one. So he's basically just the the cheaper version of Cam Smith, though, in my eye. Where his last yes. four majors, U.S. Open, hundred ninth. <laughs> Perfect. You're starting off right at the same spot. PGA fifth and Masters fourteenth. Okay. And the players twenty second. So just a guy. He's going to show up in the big moment. Another another field guy and and um, friend of the program Tanner Giles always is always beating the Tommy Fleetwood drum. So I had to represent for him. Absolutely loves Tommy Fleetwood. I think it's because of his hair, not because probably, of how he plays, but probably because of that hair and beard combo <laughs> for sure. I like the pick. It's a good pick. I actually don't have him in any of my, I think I have 22 lineups or something like that. So I might need to get Tommy Fleetwood in one of those bad boys. He has been hiding from me. So I would say that's a sleeper. He's a good mid-tier guy. If you need someone to throw him, he's in your Tony Finau range. He's in your uh, Brooks Kepka range somehow. Talk about slipping. He's in your Corey Connors range. So, okay. you know, Pretty good little option there for you if you're playing the DraftKings with us, taking our money this week. Not bad, not bad. We'll maybe have to share our favorite DraftKings lineup that we have um, for this. Maybe we'll start a little uh, uh, tournament on DraftKings to try to get everybody excited. Might need to. Uh, let me tell you my amateur. 
this is a guy you're gonna you're gonna have to wikipedia him as soon as i say his name <laughs> jorge fernandez valdez he's okay, from argentina cardinals yeah you get him you get him up did i cut out there you're good you're good get him up get him up on your wikipedia okay. he is from argentina he he like i said he golfs on the pga tour mexico i don't know i don't know what's drawn me to this guy i've just had a good feeling about him this whole time when i saw his name i was like oh i have to get him in a couple of lineups because i always try to go for a really low guy to try to bring into my DraftKings lineups kind of a how would I call this a long bomb type guy that you yeah. will never actually win it, but I'm going to put him in there. And so I went with this dude. He he's good. So I, I must, I, 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 I Google searched Jorge Valdez Vargas. <laughs> oh yeah. That's not the right guy. <laughs> I landed on what you got. guys. Facebook. <laughs> Well, could you could you really describe Jorge Valdez Vargas? What what does he look like? Is he a golfer? He, he's got a, a a newborn baby uh, as his profile pic with a cowboy hat on. Oh heck yeah, that's awesome! Yeah, so he's great. I mean i I don't know what to tell you about him, but honestly, my first thought was oh Jorge Fernandez. Yep, there you go. There you go. Did you hear? Did you hear my joke about I loved him on the St. Louis Cardinals because that honestly just like I I swear I remember like playing with him on MLB the Show '09 and like just hitting dingers. I bet he did. I bet he did play baseball. That's why he's such a good player now. Yeah, probably. Well, outside of those guys, I have a couple of guys that I also want to highlight. Um, kind of as sleepers, kind of as long shots here. Um, there's a guy that not a lot of people know about, Hao Tung Lee. So, oh yeah, this is going to surprise you. I've been watching a little bit too much of the European uh, golf lately. Hao Tung Lee is uh, playing in Europe. I think he's won two of like his last five champion or last five tournaments or something. He has really broken on the scene. I think he's actually in Germany. Uh, is where he's really thrived. So I don't know. He's at 125 to one on CBS. Uh, Taylor Gooch, another guy we talked about, 125 to one uh, being on there. Uh, Brian Harmon at 150 to one. I think you get great value with Brian Harmon. And you always get good value with Brian Harmon. <laughs> you always get good value Dude, with Brian. He's only 6900 on DraftKings. You got to slide him in this week. He's he's in probably four or five of my lineups. Yeah. And, and a guy I always put in my lineups, no matter what, whenever a major comes, I just hope he makes, I just really uh, hope he makes a cut. It's Tiger. Stuart Sink. No, oh. <laughs> I fade Tiger. T- I, I have a tendency to fade him. Yeah, I go Stuart Sink. Okay. The Sinkster, I like it. So those were some some other guys I wanted to highlight. I didn't get down to the weeds with with a lot of the lower amateurs and guys that I don't know about or aren't like top guys on the European tour. So that, that that's kind of where I stand. Some, some could be considered uh, even getting to the low end of the PGA tour is the weeds, but you know, <laughs> I'm, we're impressed by your research. Nonetheless, 
I mean, for for what it's worth, my only guy to make the cut last week at the Scottish Open was my uh, Wyndham Clark pick. Oh, at like sixty six hundred. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm clearly not in my bag recently on on DraftKings golf. That's okay. That happens. Yeah. We'll get out. We'll get out and share our favorite lineup from DraftKings on our Instagram. So so people can follow along with us. It'll be fun to kind of share what we're going on there. But do you have anything else about the open here, Scooter, before we go? Nothing comes to mind other than just, I mean, he's not going to do great, but rooting for our guy, Tony Finau, as always. As always, as always. Well, why don't you take us on a big three? I know you have a big three for us this week, and then we'll do our closing remarks here. Let's do it really quick because I don't think either of us prepared. Let's do big three of sports movies. Okay, I get one one. Yeah, you get one one. Happy Gilmore, number one. Good pick. Good pick. That's just that's undebatable. I mean, I I that's that's just good good stuff. Uh I'm it's gonna just, go remember remember the Titans. Oh, you're see, you're going like hard hitters. I was going kind of like comedies. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I mean you can you get a little bit of comedy and remember the Titans. Honestly, all of mine might be Adam Sandler movies now that I'm thinking about it. It's a good call. Well, with my second pick, I'm going The Longest Yard. I have oh. cracked up about that movie so many times in my life. That is a great movie. That is great. I don't know if it's ethical, but it's a it's a movie that I like. Oh, no Adam Sandler movie. That's ethical, but that's part of the fun. <laughs> I mean, I should have gone 1-1 with this, but I wanted to relate to the listeners a little bit. So I'm Moneyball. Oh, pick. I'm shocked he didn't steal from me. But how did I miss Moneyball? I don't know. That's the identity of my life. Shiz. <laughs> I'm I'm hurt now because Moneyball should have been one one for everybody in any century anywhere. I'm glad you feel that way. It, uh, most of the people I know don't feel that way. But they don't like Moneyball. Well, you know, it's just, it's baseball and it's statistics and all the things people don't really love, unfortunately, but it relates to me hardcore, it relates to us. I, yeah, I really like it. I really like it. Yeah. Well, I'll give, I'll give some honorable mentions after this. Okay. I, I've had a tough time choosing three because there's so many sports movies that are right around that same spot. But these are all just the movies that like I watched as a kid and I'm a comedy guy. So I'm going to go with the water boy three for three. Oh, Sandler, yeah, baby. baby. Yeah. Why not? Why not at all? It's it is what stuff. it is. Adam Sandler rocked it for me in sports movies. You could have thrown hustle on there too. That was another good one. Yeah, it was pretty decent. They're probably not enough to make top three. But no, no. no. Oh, I, I know you love draft day too. I'm shocked. That was one of your snubs. It's just not a movie I'd watch like twice. All these other movies I'd watch like it multiple, multiple times. I know there's going to be one I miss here big time. I'm I'm not excited to miss it. Is dodgeball considered a sports movie? Yeah, you could go dodgeball. Right. I'm going dodgeball. Easy. Okay. White okay. Goodman and dodgeball. Best <laughs> feeling of all time. And that's a good show. It is another comedy. So I it was high up on my list too. Yeah. How good dodgeball. How about some honorable mentions? How about Air Bud? Oh, yeah. Any of them. Any of them. Yeah. Number Any Air Bud. probably the best. <laughs> <laughs> the Sandlot. We didn't go with the Sandlot. Didn't go Sandlot. Didn't go. There's so many baseball movies. Rudy. Yeah, not that they're my favorite. Yeah. 
Hoop Dreams. Uh, Hoop Dreams. Um, a lot of people love Glory Road. Uh, Hoosiers. Hoosiers, yeah. 42. How about 42? 42 is a good one. Um, not, not a lot of rewatch value, but I, I, I think I'm more of a sports documentary guy. Blindside, okay. another good one. Yeah. How about how about Talladega Nights? Would you consider oh, that yeah. a sports movie? <laughs> Absolutely. It's the most NASCARs ever looked like a sport. Okay, that's definitely honorable mention. Did you ever watch Major League? No, but I've heard that's a good one too. I, I think it's rated R, but I definitely watched it a lot as a kid growing up, and I liked Major League. What about uh have you seen Rush? Formula I, I have not seen Rush. That is sitting off my list. I might have to get that on my list. That would pre- probably be number four for me. Um, absolutely in- incredible. Okay, I'll have to get that one on the list. How about how about uh, two childhood movies here? Mm-hmm. The Mighty Ducks and Angels in the Outfield. Oh yeah, watched Angels in the Outfield quite a bit. Mighty Ducks. I, I mean, I know everybody loves. It. I don't think I remember anything from it really. I don't remember anything from it either. I just remember watching it as a kid. Yeah. What about um, what about Thunderstruck with Kevin Durant? <laughs> <laughs> Never seen that. <laughs> I must have missed that one. Oh man, Thunderstruck! Uh, oh, Kicking and Screaming. Oh, one. Kicking and Screaming's on there for sure. Another very funny one. Did you ever watch We Are Marshall? I need to. I saw that pop up the other day. I really want to watch that. We both missed. Actually, I'm taking blo- or, uh, Moneyball off of 1-1 one, one as oh. what should. We missed Space Jam. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's just a classic. That would be we, my 1-1. One, one. You can't. I mean, LeBron in that is just so good. And <laughs> The LeBron <laughs> one's about number 500 on sports movies for me. <laughs> what else is there? Uh, did you know there's a movie called The Year of the Yow? No, I didn't. I missed the year of the Yao. Yeah, that one. Uh, there's, there's. I've never watched White Man Can't Jump, but I know it's everybody talks about it. I haven't watched that either. I, I know a lot of people like. Uh, the hustle's been good. I know a lot of people like King Richard, the one about Serena Williams. I didn't really like that one. I didn't watch that either, but I, I mean, I, I've heard people mix reviews. Felt uh, like the longest movie ever. I'm not gonna well, lie. What's most overrated one? My most overrated one is Benchwarmers. Okay, good call. Um, Benchwarmers is a good one. What's that movie with Dwayne with The Rock Johnson where he's like coaching his kid? Oh, I don't know. The Tooth Fairy? Game Day or something? Oh, I've never seen that one. I haven't either. But... I, I might go most overrated because Game I watched plan. it. I've never seen that one. <laughs> I watched this with my dad and I never like laughed at it. Maybe I was too young, but Caddyshack. Oh, I feel, I feel like a lot of people love Caddyshack and I'm like, oh, I don't really, I'm not like the biggest fan. Yeah, I, I never, I don't think I saw like a, a uh, understandable age. Like I, if I watched it, it was like very young with my older brother. Yeah, maybe we need to go rewatch that one because I feel like that one's always talked about, but it's not it high is. up there for me. People say it's the funniest sports movie ever, and it's like that's just the people who who were annoyed that Happy Gilmore was way funnier. Yeah, Happy Gilmore was just all all jokes. Oh yeah, the whole time. Huh. Okay. Well, do you have any closing remarks for before we head out here? 
No, other than I'm stoked, I need to get a, a trivia section going for us at some point because that's that's pretty much what I've been doing these days. It's just consuming trivia. Okay. I like it. You you've been on the trivia grind. I love it. I and I'm excited to either do a trivia segment or do a whole show of trivia. Who knows what's to come? But it's it's in the it's in the works now. Anything to get us through the dog days of summer. <laughs> seriously, seriously. Um, my last shout out will be Chelsea Football Club. Uh, obviously a shout out for soccer. They signed Raheem Sterling today. It was made official. Oh, wow. Yep. Raheem Sterling. Yep. One of your old boys has jumped from Liverpool to Manchester city. Now to my club, Chelsea. And I am going down to Las Vegas this weekend to actually watch them play. So I am very stoked. I hope Raheem Sterling is there. And I hope a lot of my boys like Mason Mount are going to be there and playing and I can get to see the boys in the flesh, man, the boys in blue. I didn't realize it was, that was already this soon. Yeah, it's, it's this weekend, baby. I'm going down. I've got the jerseys ready. We're getting them signed. I'm taking multiple markers just in case one goes away yeah. or runs out. Runs out. So, are you or are you not bringing, bringing and sleeping in like an igloo? I hope we will have an igloo because it will be <laughs> at least 115 degrees, right? Is it? Is it? Are they playing in Allegiant Stadium? They are playing in Allegiant, so it oh, will be cooled. Man. Oh, I forgot they have air conditioning there. I was like, yeah, man, that's going to be, that's going to be like a death Valley. Yeah. It'll be cooled inside the stadium. It will be the outside of the stadium. That's hot. Yeah. I wouldn't blame you then just for staying all night long, trying to get autographs. Yep. That's, that's what we're trying to do. Just asking even like fans in the stands for autographs. (laughs) (laughs) Just random guys getting my shirt signed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, one one movie we forgot was Semi Pro. I don't know if that was on our honorable mentions, was it? Yeah, I I didn't list it. It was it only had one funny scene for me. I remember where he's throwing it in and out of the post. Okay, because that was on on our NBA Two K. That's the guy you modeled after was Will Ferrell's yeah. character, Jackie Moon. It's yeah, true. it's true. He is a legendary character. Kind of <laughs> a disappointing movie though. Very disappointing. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the Dual Threat Podcast. Thank you, listeners, for coming and hanging out with us this week. We hope you have a great week. Stay safe out there, everyone. See ya.